Hello and welcome to The Promised Land, a show about Manchester United and part of the 90 Min Podcast Network. I'm Scott Saunders, joined by Rob Blanchett. As ever, we are looking forward now because the season has finished. The ownership, as we record this, is not decided. Man United are essentially in limbo. We have wait to see what their retained list looks like. I, at, the mo- at the moment, we have not had that confirmed. But we're going to look ahead and we're going to spend today's show a little bit of a shorter edition for you but we're gonna hone in on the one point of conversation that rob and i have been talking around for six months and that's harry kane because the game might have changed uh rob how's it going not bad it is funny this time of year isn't it as you said it is a little bit of limbo because we're all kind of digging for information we're trying to find stuff out but you're kind of at the start of the transfer window at the end of the season but not close enough to pre-season so we'll do our best today to talk about the topics. But yes, there is one, I think, hot topic that needs to be discussed today. Yeah, before we get we get into that, uh, you can subscribe to our show wherever you get your pods and watch us on YouTube now. So head over to the channel, like, subscribe and leave a comment for us. We see a lot of... Uh, we, have, we actually have a five-star average rating on Apple, I think it is, Rob, or... Is it chartable? I'm not, I'm not sure. But anyway, yeah. it's, it's great. So we appreciate the love. Thank you very much. Uh, give us five-star reviews. Leave comments of, of nice or not so nice. You know, constructive criticism, let's say, if you if you want to criticize constructive criticism on where we can improve. Uh, follow us on Twitter as well, at underscore Scott Saunders, at underscore Rob underscore B, and at Promise and MU for the show. And come and join us in Vegas from July 28th at United Con, the place to be for United fans in preseason on their tour of the US. Visit united-con.com for more information and to book your place now and join us. It's all around the Borussia Dortmund game, preseason friendly in Las Vegas, so we'll be there. Very exciting times at the end of July. Rob, the topic for today is Harry Kane. We have been talking about Harry Kane for six months plus, really. Uh, Beating a... It's like... Yeah, it's, it's like beating a dead horse, essentially. We, we've been talking about it for so long. It always looked like United were going to be going this way, especially if Tottenham finished outside the top four. They ended up finishing eighth. They've just about confirmed a new manager and Postacoglu. That doesn't, for me, scream, Harry Kane, please stay. We're going places. That's more of a reset, a rebuild. And does Harry Kane want to wait around? He's got one year left on his deal. The time might be right for United to go in and get him, but the pitch has changed because Karen Benzema has left Madrid. And I didn't see that coming, did you? No one say yes, I did, but I just think yes, I did because the money on the table is mad. So like, I think the thing is with, with Benzema leaving Real Madrid, he's won everything, he's done everything, isn't he? He's really kind of his his own reputation at Real Madrid, which kind of hovered for many, many years and then kind of went into the stratosphere. But I just think that someone like Benzema, towards the end of his career now, they, they can't really say no to this kind of money. Like, it is absolutely crazy. It's their one last payday. So I kind of saw it coming. I just, again, the way it was stage managed, though, was, I think, the bit that confused everyone because he kind of said he might stay and then he wasn't. But the fact that he is leaving now means that Real Madrid are going to be looking for a primary number nine and they're going to be looking immediately. It has completely changed the game. So 
flat out question, are Real Madrid a more appealing prospect than Man United at this moment in time? Yes, yes, of course <laughs> they are. Like, and, and, and I think the thing is, is that in, in terms of history, there's not a lot of difference between our club and their club. Like there isn't. Like, come on, like in terms of European standings, world standings, United, Liverpool, Barcelona, Real Madrid, they all kind of have that allure. All biggest club in the world, you know, trademark, et cetera, et cetera. But it's always about where the project is in that moment, isn't it? So Real Madrid have rebuilt themselves over time while still winning trophies somehow and still winning Champions Leagues, even when they've not been at their greatest because they know what they're doing in that aspect. United, of course, have been under the Glazer regime. Now, we've talked very, you know, candidly about Kane, haven't we, in Manchester United? And there's no doubt that that project is kind of in a better place. But when you get the chance to replace someone like Benzema, you know, at a club like Real Madrid, and you know Real Madrid are going to compete for everything next year, like they just are. Their project is prime. They've got good young players, brilliant veterans, a great manager. You saw Ancelotti the other day when someone mentioned Harry Kane. His eyes absolutely lit up in his press conference. He knows exactly what Harry Kane brings. So, um, yes, I think that that Harry Kane, even though he'd like the Premier League goal-scoring record, I think he'd like a Champions League trophy a little bit more or maybe a La Liga title to go with all the trophies he hasn't won in his career. So it has changed everything now now, and it means that Manchester United might have to look elsewhere. I'm sure they'll still try, uh, but obviously ever since the beginning, well, ever for 15 years, we've known that Tottenham really don't like to sell to rival Premier League clubs. Exactly. Daniel Levy has made that known in... Dimitar Berbatov's case and Michael Carrick's case and the we even saw it with Harry Kane just a couple of years ago when Manchester City tried to sign him and Harry Kane went public about wanting to you yeah. know win stuff and achieve stuff uh, but obviously still at Spurs Spurs have finished eighth they are not going places fast Kane has one year left on his deal we thought it made a lot of sense for United to pursue this and I think United still will yeah. But as we record this now, with Benzema not absolutely officially confirmed to Saudi Arabia yet, but he will be joining uh, that league. It is confirmed that he will leave. He has left Real Madrid. He yeah. said goodbye at the weekend. He will say goodbye to the stadium. I think today or tomorrow, as we record this, and uh, that means Real Madrid don't have many attackers. They've got Vinicius Junior, Rodrigo, and I think Brahim Diaz is coming back from Milan. But that ain't much depth. So Real Madrid are targeting Kai Havertz from Chelsea, mm. which is an interesting one, but I think they've made no secret that they would like to sign Harry Kane. Now, Tottenham will probably hold up a strong end of the bargain, and they will probably try their very best to get as much money as they can for somebody like Harry Kane, because where did Tottenham go without Harry Kane? It's really <laughs> difficult to see a way forward for them, but you know, we we await to see if Kane will push himself out of Spurs, especially with Real Madrid interested now. But Real Madrid definitely have an upper hand here over United because they are not in the Premier League, essentially. And uh, yeah, do you think this one's going to go... It might go on for a few weeks, Rob, but do you think they'll, there's a good chance that they'll get this done? Because they even stand a better chance of having a bit accepted from Spurs than United do, even if they offer less. I exactly was just about to say that is that this is the kind of this is Daniel Levy's like perfect scenario. Real Madrid, who is not who are not in English football and have nothing to do with us here in the Premier League, take 
their best player and give a pretty optimum price? Would he prefer to take 100 million from United or 90 or 80 from Real Madrid? Um, the latter, absolutely. You know, I think Spurs, if they can avoid selling Kane to Manchester United, they will absolutely do that. And that was always going to be the stickler in this kind of deal. Um, I think the thing is with Real Madrid and where they are, what we always know about Real is that they get what they want. They just do. There's 20 years, 30 years, 40 years of history of transfers where Real Madrid execute. They know what to do. Florentino Perez absolutely knows how to do these things. So Perez and Levy, I think, will be talking already about this. And I also think with Harry Kane, it's a kind of easy get out, isn't it? If you leave Spurs, your Spurs legacy is unprotected. You know, you, you're, not, you're not kind of having to say, I'm, I'm binning everything I've achieved at that football club, my club. And you go to Real Madrid, it's kind of accepted. It's like the Gareth Bale route, isn't it? You know, if you go there, yeah, you might not be completely loved by everyone in Spain, but you're quickly going to score lots of goals and you're quickly going to show how great you are. So I actually think the job of going to Real Madrid and performing there is easier than the job of coming to our football club, which would be fraught in daily newspaper headlines about whether Harry Kane is good enough or not for Manchester yeah. United. Yeah, and you can certainly... It's certainly a lot easier to prove yourself with Real Madrid because they just win things. You know, yeah. uh, United, for all we know, could come sixth, seventh next season because the other teams in the league have just got a lot better and United haven't really improved. You know, um, not saying that's going to happen, but it's, it's entirely possible. Real Madrid are coming in the top two in Spain regardless, and they go into the Champions League semifinals regardless, you'd think, no matter who they have. And if you have Harry Kane scoring the goals that Benzema scored, probably scoring more, you know, then I think that there is a big upside for Kane. But, you know, obviously we're spending a lot of time talking about Real Madrid here. Rob and I here, and feel free to leave a comment if you think that there's more upside potentially for United here. But I think if Real Madrid are going to go for Harry Kane, I'm pretty much resigned to Man United not getting Harry Kane. So that begs the question, what do United do instead? <laughs> so that is the topic of uh, the rest of today's show. We're only going to do this one topic and bring you some additional stuff in the next few days. What do United do instead? Because Rasmus Hoyland is the name on everyone's lips at the moment. Just finished the season with Atalanta in Serie A. Not a prolific goal scorer, but 20 years old, bit raw, but he is a centre-forward that will work in Eric Ten Hag's system. 40 million quid? Is this doable? And is this right? 40 to 50. You know, like again, the Manchester United taxation system is in play in the transfer window. And as soon as you put MUFC next to any player, it goes up by 15 or 20%, doesn't it? So I think we talked about Hoyland obviously previously, and we kind of said that Man United need two strikers. That hasn't changed. But if you are going to target other positions, and we will be talking about all of that all summer long, positions and who needs to go and who needs to stay and what United need to do, you have not got a limitless pot of money and fans want different positions all the time, Scott, don't they? But everyone knows United need the striker. We know this. So do you go with, in inverted commas again, the development project? And that, of course, is Hoyland. So Hoyland's not the finished article, but he would fit the system. He's aggressive. He's learned things this year to drop into a false nine position. So he kind of does join up play and he can kind of press and he can kind of do stuff. But he's very young and he's unproven. And it would be a gamble. But do you know what, Scott? 
if you go with Hoyland because you can't get a Kane and you can't get an Osserman and he pops and he does really well, you've suddenly won the striker stakes, haven't you? You've got a young striker for many years to come that you got for an affordable price and he fits your system and he makes other players better. And I think this is what's key now for United is that whoever the number nine is next year has to make others better. He cannot be injured every two weeks like Martial and he cannot be an auxiliary striker like Rashford who's not as good through the nine as he is wide. And he cannot be kind of like a, a kind of a, a false narrative around strike. He has to be a proper striker who does those things. And I think Hoyland, I'm not saying he's ready for the step up, but he's a United fan. He loves United. And I think that, I think he'd love it. Like he's that kind of character. I think he's a, he's a big character for a young man. So it definitely won't be perfect. Like United fans, I'm sure will be kicking off in the next few weeks. Now there might not be a Harry Kane coming. Um, and I don't see United deviating away to look at maybe more expensive strikers because they have got they've got to spend money in other positions. That is just a given. Might be like obviously I think Harry Kane is obviously the best option that United yeah. should have. Um, but in real in reality, it was a difficult deal to do anyway. And Real Madrid enter in this race unless they drop out of it. You know, it's go- it's only going one way really. Um, mm. Obviously, United do need... The, the challenge always was, if you spend all that money on Harry Kane, how much money do you have left? And we will um, we'll do an additional show for you on how much United can potentially raise in player sales because I think that's a, a timeless topic. And I have a list of literally about 15 players that uh, they could... They're not going to sell them all, but they could sell uh, that should have some interest in them over the summer to raise some funds. But... Hoyland for 40 mil. You know, I want two strikers. They, they do uh, yeah. in an ideal world. That would leave you a little bit more wiggle room to get an alternative if you want or to strengthen in other positions as well a little bit more than you were previously planning. Obviously, you do then lose, though, that guarantee of 25 goals a season in the Premier League because Harry Kane's done that times, you know, yeah. a number of times. So is this... This is going to sound awful, like in, in in the sense of like, wow, you're a hypocrite. Is this a is this a better option? <laughs> is this a better all round plan for United than rather rather than going for somebody like Kane and spending a massive chunk of your budget? I think the plan to spend across positions is the only plan. Like, I don't think like if I'm running Manchester United Football Club and I'm the director of football. I'm not just buying a big striker and nothing else because you still lose. Like that player might score you 30 goals a season, but you're still weak in other parts of the park. And we see that with Manchester United continually. Like Scott, you just said it there. Man United got top four this year. They came third and we're still talking about selling half the squad because they're not good enough. So it's kind of like you're in between a rock and a hard place, aren't you? So I, of course, like you, advocate Kane massively. Harry Kane is exactly what you kind of need up top. But these strikers are few and far between. And I think there's even questions for a player like Osserman. Like you could spend 150 on Osserman. But then what are you spending everywhere else? You're, you're not spending every, anywhere. You're you're really digging deep into the kind of bargain basement to help your squad. And you can't do that. You're not going to get a Christian Eriksson on a free every position you're looking for. You could go get Tillemans in midfield. But you probably want a better midfielder than Tillemans, don't you? So all these things cost money. So I think, you, I think you're kind of right there what you're asserting is that the Man United do need to spread the funds and they need to do it wisely and I think that's the only plan you have so the fact that Harry Kane might be off the table very soon 
kind of might just help the narrative a little bit. It's like, if, you, if Harry Kane's not available and Harry Kane desperately wants to go to Madrid, there's no point kind of being upset about that, is there? You know, Man United will still offer Harry Kane more money than Real Madrid. Absolutely. They'll put a wage deal together that will make people's eyes water. But Real Madrid can offer that stardust. They're the only club in the world probably that can do that. Even Barcelona can't really do that. They are the Galacticos. They rebuild all the time. And veterans love their football club. They see it and they go, this is my opportunity. But you got to ask David Beckham, who loved Man United. And when Real Madrid came knocking, there was only one place he was going. So this is the truth. So I think with Harry Kane, that's where it is. Someone said as well to me, oh, but he'll look at his best mate, Gareth Bale. And like he was treated awfully out there. How many trophies has Gareth Bale got <laughs> now? Yeah, Gareth Bell is retired quite happily to the golf course with a ton of silverware in his house. So I think Harry Kane would look at that and go, yeah, that's great. But Man United now have an opportunity to direct their project towards more development targets and maybe shop in a place where they're more comfortable. 40 to 50 million per player is definitely more comfortable than 100 million. Well, you can make a mistake like that, Scott. Get a 100 million pound player that does nothing for you. <laughs> We're not saying that about Harry Kane. But you can make mistakes in that market a lot more than you can in the 40s to 50s. Victor Osserman's name has kind of disappeared a little bit because he's yes. way more expensive than Harry Kane. And I think as much as fans would like Victor Osserman to yeah. join, you know, I, I just don't think that is that's a realistic prospect. He costs far too much. And I think there are Obviously, he has he's relatively untested. He's untested in the Premier League as well. I know he's scoring goals uh, for Napoli, and they've had a great mm -hmm. season. But you know that would be a huge chunk, if not all of United's budget, really, that they're they're actually working with, unless they can find a structured deal. Um, Hoyland is one of the options that they've been considering on a long list for a while of younger prospects that they can develop. There is also. The option of playing, I know that you don't like this, Rob, but the option of playing Marcus Rashford through the middle, it doesn't work, but there is that option. There is the prospect of, you might not be, even be able to sell Anthony Martial anyway. Mm. And not now he's know, injured. <laughs> he's injured. Exactly. He's injured. Uh, Going to be difficult to offload him regardless. He's on massive wages. I think he has a year left on his deal. Yeah. And United have an option to extend it. But, you know, is that another thing you do? Do you just run that contract down and revisit the situation next year if you do decide that you still need a senior option up front? Yeah. Um, and then there is the... Obviously, this is a, a topic that's going to make United fans divided and uncomfortable. Um, but Mason Greenwood is still contracted to Man United and they have a decision to make on him as well. Um, now, Rob, I don't know how you want to deal with this we did it we did a show on this uh the last week i think it was um i personally don't want to see it happen um i know there's a lot of people out there that don't uh given everything that has has happened over the last year or so year 18 months but it's a football club is a business and we certainly can't decide that no, we can't. And look, my my personal opinion on Greenwood is that he shouldn't probably play for us again. Sell him. You know, it's it's easily done, isn't it? Now, he's under contract. You could sell him. You're not going to get anything like the value of what you might have once got. But this is not about my opinion or your opinion. This is about us kind of analysing what Manchester United might do and will do. You're right. They've got Mason Greenwood. If they've got Greenwood and Hoyland as their striking options and you can't shift Martial, suddenly you're not 
thinking more expansively about the number nine. You're thinking, well, I've got three strikers there plus markers, so that's four. So you could use Rashford through the middle next year. So then you're suddenly not going, well, right, are we going to spend 150 on an Osserman? You know, that's not going to happen. We know from our Napoli contacts that Napoli have got absolutely no interest in selling Osserman, even though they are open to selling their other stars. Osserman is one who's not going to be on that list. But that's where the conversation is going to shift until Manchester United are public about what they are going to do with Mason Greenwood. Because as it stands, he's still an employee of the football club. And they've they've kept their gob shut, Scott, all the way through this, which is obvious why. But it doesn't lean towards them exploring the market to sell him because they could have done that already. They could have done that. They could have gone to clubs and said, what will you give us for this footballer? So I think that's going to be a big storyline through this summer uh, in terms of the striker. And there's going to be a lot of Man United fans that are happy with that. No doubt about that. You see it on Twitter all the time. There's a big fan club of Mason Greenwood that don't shut their mouths and carry on screaming. And I think they might get their wish because it is a business football at the end of the day. And these football clubs operate like that. So it'll be interesting to see if we get new owners and what new owners want to do because they might have slightly different opinions on these things. But it's not about you and me, Scott, is it? It's not about what you and me think. And I think sometimes people either watch the show or listen to what we say think that that's our opinion, that we, we're, we're the same as the football club and we're not. Yeah, this is a decision that this is one of many... Uh, things, massive, massive things that will have to be decided over the course of the summer for United. You touched on it earlier, Rob, like, you know, they've come third and I've, I've got a list in front of me here for another show of so many players that they need, they, they could potentially sell. There's that, there's the ownership, there's the Mason Greenwood situation, there's David De Gea's contract. All, all of these things are, are massively, you know, influential on what will happen next season and the seasons to come. So, there will be, I'm sure, official communications at some point over the next few months, weeks, maybe, uh, about what they're doing with each of these situations. Um, but on the whole, I mean, if United aren't going to go and sign Harry Kane and you do end up with Erasmus Hoyland for 50 million, let's say, and you you manage to sell three or four players like you know, there's players like Harry Maguire in this, Scott McTominay, Dean Henderson, that you could probably recoup a fair bit of money for. But we'll, like I say, we'll touch on that in another show. Mm. Um, so if, let's, let's put it this way, Rob, uh, final um, point of the show. If you and I do spend 40 million on Highland, let's, let's call it 40 million. How, me, how much extra space will United have? How many extra positions could they potentially buy? I'm putting you on the spot here. How much could they do above what they were expecting to do if they designed Harry Kane? I still think that United will spend in the equivalent ballpark of what they spent last summer. I really do. That that's because it's not about liquid funds. It really isn't. It's about what you can move around and how you can do stuff. And also, obviously, potential new money coming into the football club. So I don't think that Harry Kane being off the table. 
or you signing Hoyland, these things don't really matter in the bigger picture. It's still about your long-term plan. And Man United have had one for a while now about how they want to do it from the director of football down, from Ten Hag actually knowing what he needs. So I think if you buy Hoyland, what that does allow, Scott, is you just a little bit more flexibility and a little bit more wiggle room. I think I said it um, on on the uh, last week's show. There is a big difference. But if you if you spend early on someone, you spend eighty or ninety million, like on like Mason Mount. Let's take as an example. You spend eighty on Mount rather than fifty. That has a big impact on your dealings towards the last few weeks of the window, doesn't it? Because you just lost thirty million, like because. He's not worth that. So United had this last year, and that's why I think Anthony got done later than they wanted because they had to spend that money, didn't they? They needed that player, and they overspent. They'd rather not overspend, Scott, but but ultimately, it's needs must, isn't it, as you go along? We know that they're in the Kim stakes. We know that they're in the Hoyland stakes. That's kind of struck off straight away, $100 million, isn't it? That's, that's the best part, gone, and wages. So you've got to get rid of a few. But I don't think this, like just going to Hoyland, is the problem. Like that's that's the way I look at it. It's the window is long and it's arduous, and you've got to keep, kind of keep going all the way. You can't just spend 150 million and then go. Oh, actually, do you know what? We now can't buy that player who's come onto the market because there's going to be a bit of that, Scott, this year. There's going to be players that come on the market mid season, mid summer, and later in the window. And United might need that capital to go and actually execute those deals. They're aware of that. They're not stupid. You know, and I also don't think it will be like some fans saying that United will spend nothing because if they spend nothing, they're going to become eighth next year very, very quickly. Yeah. Uh, well, let's wrap it there, I think, because that is it's the quickest show I think we might have ever done. We just clocked 25 minutes, um, but we will bring you extra. We'll bring you soon a how much can Man United raise in player sales show specifically a little bit of fun. Uh, for us something that should see us right through the summer but yeah um harry kane real madrid it looks quite pretty ominous and we've been talking about harry kane and man united for a long time this i didn't see this one coming that six months ago let's just say that i mean karen benzema was contracted till 2024 and now he's decided to take up a new challenge but yes rob thanks uh for today's show we'll wrap it up here subscribe wherever you get your pods and watch us on youtube head over to the channel like subscribe and leave a comment for us leave a five-star review on any of the audio platforms as well thanks for the love we see it and we appreciate it follow us on twitter at underscore scott saunders at underscore rob underscore b and at promise and mu for the show and come and join us in Vegas on July 28th at United Con, the place to be for United fans in preseason in Vegas on their preseason tour of the US. Visit united-con.com to book your place now and to join us. Thanks, everyone. Thank you very much, Rob. And we'll see you soon, everyone, for another Promised Land podcast. <laughs>